Video games. Yeah, there was an article on Gama Sutra today um, where Lee Alexander interviewed uh, Ian Bogost. Yeah. About, did you guys see this? About cow clicker? Is cow it, clicker? Is it yeah. pronounced Bogost? Yeah, Ian Bog- I think it is Ian Bogost. I thought it would be Bogost, but uh, maybe it is. I no, thought it's it was Bogost. Bogost <laughs> with the apostrophe G S O. See, that is actually also a casual game. G O H S T. Oshkosh Bogost. Ian. What? So cow clicker. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was a cool. A I read about half of that cow clicker thing. Like, what? Where did it end up? Like, why would um, people be pissed off about that? Like, that, that seemed to be the people the are pissed off it. because it's satire that also actually takes people's money in the same way as a social game, right? I, mean, uh, I don't think he actually. There's. I don't think he does it take people's money. I yeah. think you actually you, you invest can, you can money. Pay, and you can pay money to be able to click your cow more than once every six <laughs> hours. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I mean a lot of people clearly ended up playing it just because. It, at it least like, to was... some extent, works on some of the, on the same level yeah. that a social yeah. game does. I mean, it doesn't have millions and millions of people like Farmville, but the the idea is what you're basically doing is just empty, repetitive action yeah, yeah. that rewards you with just bullshit feedback. Yeah, and you can pay things to yeah. to so, get so, like an imaginary advantage. Yeah, over. but I mean, like, why are people pissed off about it? I don't know. If, well, it, it it just seems like a really really transparent version of exactly what Farmville is. So do people well, feel I mean, like I, it's ex- exploitative I, or something in I don't some know. way that those I don't other know games if, aren't? I, I mean, I don't, I mean, if people are, I don't really know much about the background of it, but yeah. I mean, if people are pissed off, I imagine it's because he is clear, like fairly obviously making a negative statement about yeah. social games with yeah, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pocketing the money from it. Did it, did it? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, I think he said it's not making tons of money. But, yeah, but it's but yeah. still, it's still I mean, dollar he's bills. He's definitely doing a thing right, that, that people are actually. Uh, at least some people are playing earnestly, whereas to him it's just like this hilarious joke. Yeah, which it is. Which I mean, seems totally valid to me. I mean, like, it is totally know. valid. I think it's great. I, I mean, think it's ma- awesome. maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just read part of the article. I didn't read the whole thing, like I said, but it seemed to, it it kept implying that there was some sort of outrage about it, but never really said there, from who. There or are like in some context blog posts slash essay yeah. things about it, and generally that's what it is of. When do you draw the line at it being satire? If the if the if money is flowing in the exact same legitimate, like well, the I money mean, isn't being collected ironically, it's actually just being collected th- through I the Facebook payment system. Yeah, but successful I mean, satire to some extent. Yeah, it feels to me like you know making a satirical summer blockbuster movie that's about how those movies are the stupidest things, and then making millions of dollars off of it. Like right. I don't know. Okay, make millions of dollars off of the audience that you're sort of ridiculing, I think that's fine. I mean, that's yeah. that's sort yeah, it's, of the it's, point. Of that that shows that the satire is a success, I think, if it can actually right, appeal to the people that... I agree. I just... It, I understand also why some people are rubbed the wrong way by it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's down to intent, basically. I mean, I think the reason they're rubbed, they're, they're rubbed the wrong way is specifically because this exists as a, a you know, implicit critique of social games. And yeah. I think that... Just like, I mean, you know, for whatever reason, everything surrounding games, people seem to be very protective of. I mean, certainly gamers are very protective of their games when any mainstream news outlet comes and says anything about them. Yeah. And then I think social game developers are, are very protective of what they're doing as being this very valuable. Like, that was something that, that Bogost addressed in the article, which I totally agree with. It does seem like social game developers seem to feel like they're doing the world more of a service. Than other game developers are. I don't know if you guys have so gotten many that. Because people play it or something. Yeah, but sure. Do you know? I mean, surely you've seen the that attitude I'm talking about. Like, I mean, almost every I, social everything. O- be it, only, like, only because I don't pay attention to it, I haven't. Sure, but yeah. I take your word. Do you know what I mean, Jake? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it seems to be to me an attitude that is present across um, 
all things that include the word social on the internet. You know, like social network stuff. Like whenever those guys do press conferences, well, yeah, it's, it's connecting this, people. Yeah, it's yeah. this magnanimous like we are pushing humanity forward. Yeah, yeah. But, Twitter definitely thinks that they're the thing that is the best for humanity ever. And so, yeah. yeah but, but I mean, Twitter is also at least a like really important service. Right. Like there are dudes who just every day launch the most bullshit social networks. That are just like, oh, great. I, I know this because I get press releases from them every right. day. Um, and and so, they all have that tone of, yeah. we're also making yeah. everything more open and better for yeah. and like and, and and so social games also kind of social game, yeah. that and, up. And a big part of it is because they operate on the assumption that, okay, well, we are expanding the audience. We're more people are playing games, which is not a bad thing. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But to equate that inherently with, with quality is right. a, preposterous. You would yeah. never say that about anything. I mean... Everyone went to see fucking Scary Movie 8. Yeah. These people are doing a great service for humanity. Look how many people went and saw yeah. that movie. Like, who fucking cares? Right. I mean, because that's, that's the thing. That's the way it seems to me is that, like, Bogost or Bogost making money off of this is, like, no more cynical than the people that are doing it completely. Earnestly, right. Sincerely, yeah. It, it just, the, the, the whole enterprise just seems really like a cynical money yeah. no, mover, I can, I can you know, to me. That, yeah. But, uh I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. It's. I think that's a. I don't know. Yeah. I. Yeah. I, I had, and it was interesting to me because I actually heard about or seen some like references to cow clicker uh, prior to this. And you I saw just, your friend on Facebook had clicked a cow. I think that might actually be the case. And then I did the thing where it's like hide all updates from cow clicker, <laughs> uh, and I just thought it was some other social game. Yeah. And then it's like a well, satirical version. Because they're of all. It. Most of them are that vapid. Right. You know. Yeah. So like, it's like <laughs> they, there was the the thing being named cow clicker did not. Uh, set off any warning bells yeah. for me. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. I completely coincidentally ran into, but through a post on by someone on the Idle Thumbs forums, the guys who make Neptune's Pride. I guess they they they've announced their new project, which is um um another which is game, it's but it's different. Spaceship I don't clicker. I about I, it's yet, not but, back into uh, well, Samuel L. Jackson's arm. Oh man, no. But they they apparently also like. <laughs> In their spare time, or like, cool. I guess they dedicate I mean, some amount of time to uh, making iPhone and iPad games, and they have two so far, and one of them is called Kitty Tapper HD, and the other one is called like Grave Tapper HD. And what it's what seems what they seem to be doing is they've got these pro games that they actually give a shit about, which are Neptune's Pride and whatever they're working on now, yeah. which are these like interesting emergent strategy games. Yeah. And then they're also just like, well, it seems like. People will pay four dollars to click on a cat on a phone. So, <laughs> is there any reason we shouldn't yeah. get those dollars? Uh, which, f as far as I'm concerned, fucking go for it. Like, yeah. these guys are doing something that I actually do care about for real. So, if the way they partially so finance what, that so is, is a by kitty tapper, it sounds it's just horrible. like pictures of kittens and kitty. You, you oh, oh, okay. Them, like, <laughs> oh, you thought I said kitty like child? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought as well until until you said a cat later. I was like, oh, oh kitty, man. not touch this boy on your yeah, phone. Yeah, it sounded way worse to me. I was like, whoa, they're going they, edgy with yeah, this whole uh, satirizing. Well, I contracted them to do the iPhone version of Milo. So uh, they're working on that right now. Mm. Creepy. Uh, Peter Molyneux is heavily involved. So, um. Very heavy. Yeah. Handed. Petting. Uh. Kitties. Tees with tees. It's, it's high definition. You guys? Yes. It's July 31st, 2010, oh. and there is time for clacks.
video games, 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 video games. And I'm Chris Remo. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Steve Gaynor. And we're going to keep talking now, I guess. This Sweet. is Idle Thumbs episode 11. The Idle Thumbs podcast episode 11. Sup, dudes? Hey. Welcome to pods. Yeah. We were talking for a while there. We Thanks talking. for joining me on a pod. I'm riding a pod through the internet now, and you two are joining me. Yeah? You're, Thanks. <laughs> you're, you're wingman on this pod? Uh-huh. I'm a pod surfer. Sweet. Well, since you're in charge of this pod, what do you want to talk about? Ooh, um... <sighs> video games? Video games? Okay, video games <laughs> yeah uh okay i, sorry, I was going to talk about them oh i was going to say really quick yeah yeah you had that kill screen or kill screen shirt on last episode which sean made fun of by calling it the uh <laughs> a shirt in the, using the same font as scream <laughs> which i didn't recognize but i'll take his word i thought for that it. was hilarious but uh i i got the first two issues of kill screen oh nice oh cool there's I, already two yeah, there's yeah. issue zero and issue one. Uh, I haven't one actually read them yet, now. but the front, the cover of issue zero says video games, video games, video games on it, which yep. I was really pleased about until I realized that they didn't put the space in. They, nope. One word, so they're idiots. And then Lame. I burned those magazines. Yep. <laughs> they, uh, it was like, yeah, I looked on, I don't know, it's either on their website or on their, one of their writers on Twitter said that they make it one word unless they forget and miss something in copy editing. <laughs> and then it has a space, which I disagree with. I also and it should go that. to hell. Yeah, the Idle Thumbs stance is video games is two words. Yeah. Uh, questions at idlethumbs.net. Do you put a space or not? <laughs> That's not a thing we'll read ever on the email. The answer is there is a space. I know there is. So write in to say there's a space. If you don't think there is one. Then don't write in. Yeah, stay the fuck <laughs> off our domain. <laughs> we just want emails that agree with us on this point. Yes. We don't yeah. want to have to challenge We want to see how many people agree with us. <laughs> That's our only interest. Um, so what's up in the world of video space games? Video uh, ga space oh, games. Oh, videos games. Well, uh, we should probably just uh, to follow up the kill screen thing just for people who haven't heard of it. Like Idle Thumbs <laughs> readers would probably be interested in it. You know? I think so. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, I don't know, almost, it doesn't have a regular schedule, but it's kind of quarterly, I think. And it's this nice, uh, you know, nicely produced color magazine by a number of like uh, game critics and bloggers and writers for various publications like uh, the Onion AV Club and Paste and et cetera. And uh, it's it's just like a bunch of game criticism and editorial articles uh, that they put out that are sort of um, the thinking man's games journalism. You know, uh, and it has just a really nice. Uh, approach to copy editing and all that kind of sort of the graphic design of it so go to killscreenmagazine.com if you're interested in Do good it. writing about video games yes jake has episodes i episodes have both of the of magazine i think is what they call them yeah i've got episodes zero and one yeah uh, i haven't I, looked at them yet i guess my episode one is either on the way or like sitting on my desk at work because it's delivered there but i haven't been there i'm looking forward to reading it sweet what else has been going on in the world of playing video games, not reading about them? I've been playing StarCraft 2. Oh, did that come out? It did. It came out. You may have noticed. Yeah, I think I heard about that StarCraft game. It's a game. You can play it now. It's really good. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Done. What's next? 
I, uh, I I wish I'd gotten farther in it. Um, I've only played. Uh, you haven't you haven't caught up with your with your StarCraft Ghost from BlizzCon. Exactly. Or from well, Blizzard, from Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I the what? mission that I that I was playing when Are you, you guys... talking about like the top ghost. Yeah, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Chris. Ghost. Chris is racing against his ghost from his previous playthrough. <laughs> that's, that's but in this case, a, it's, it's, it's a StarCraft ghost. So you played further through this at Blizzard than... Um, well, as of today, that is no longer the case. The ah. mission I was playing when you guys got in, I'd never seen that mission before. Oh, okay. Um, that was where you were playing an invisible I was Jamaican playing guy. A, yes, I was playing a Spectre, which is a... like the An invisible Rastafarian. New version of the ghost from StarCraft 1. Yeah, also the Jamaican. Seemed that way. Yeah. He sometimes sounds like Duke Nukem. To Jake, <laughs> to me. Uh, it's a good game, though. I'm you, really enjoying it. So you you've been playing mostly the single player since yeah, the, it re- actually the retail came game. Out. Yeah, I've just been playing. I want to play through the actual so campaign. So you first. and Nick haven't just leapt right into no, co-op I immediately. I logged into to StarCraft today, and because you know Blizzard's um, little notification friend thing is is cross game or you know <laughs> as they release games. And it's like so Nick right Bregan is playing WoW. Yeah, he was. What? He is. Yes. No. What a fool! I, I saw was, that. It was Twitter. ridiculous. Yeah. I sent him a message, and I'm like, wrong game, asshole. Uh, <laughs> I guess he's playing with other people from uh, Bethesda. Is, is the, Bethesda is, Softworks. Yeah. Is the Cataclysm stuff out? or um, The Cataclysm stuff is out in beta. I actually have okay. a, I was playing, I played a bit of the beta recently, um, and it made me wonder why I used to play this game. <laughs> but, um, although I've heard the Worgen starting area is cooler than, than some of the other stuff, so I might go back and try that. The what starting area? Creature? It's like, so, I think it's like a wolfman. Ah. Uh. Ah, yeah, like a wolf. Yeah, but uh, StarCraft Two is really, really, really good. Is there an FMV of that creature howling, silhouetted by a giant moon? <laughs> Maybe there's a there's probably a shirt of that. That's good. Yeah. What's the what's of the three of them the, cla- the class name or the the race is Worgen. Yeah, so there should be a three Worgen moon shirt. I'm sure yeah. that that exists. At least a paint shop or a Photoshop of it. At least at least a paint shop pro. At least a paint shop pro cracked demo version of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's what's cool about StarCraft Two? Like, it, yeah, I, I've read I've read stuff about the campaign that makes it sound like it might be interesting for someone that isn't a big RTS person. Do right. you think that could be true? I, I think that that is probably the case, mainly because the Blizzard has put so much stuff into this game uh, com- as compared to most RTS games. Like, it's a very um, multifaceted package. You know, like there's the whole campaign, which has been you know, criticized for being only the Terrans, but it's That's got about as, since as they many missions. Were... Yeah, well, it also has about as many missions as the first game did across three races. <laughs> but the thing that makes it the thing that makes it different and more interesting is that it branches, and and you can choose missions that you'd like to do. Um, in some cases, they're mutually exclusive. You know, you can help this character or that character, and doing one or the other will will lock it out. Oh, so um, you have to play the campaign multiple times to play all of the missions? Yes. Uh, in some cases, yes. Some of them are just straight up optional things sure, that you can yeah. just do or not. Um, but it's it's good because they have a really nice variety of missions. And so if there's a particular mission where you get in there and you're just like, I don't like this kind of mission. I don't like doing this. Or maybe even this this one's too hard for me. In a lot of cases, you just don't have to do it. Um, there's also adjustable difficulty, of course, though. But um, the thing that the thing that makes it nice is that RTS campaigns traditionally suffer from and, and blizzard has admitted this uh with with starcraft that 
they often suffer from trying to act as if they're preparing you for for multiplayer. So they're either way too similar to multiplayer, where it's you, you've got this structure that's or it's like, like we're AI train scrimmish, you. scrimmage, yeah. or scrimmish. they're they're way too scrimmage. far in the in the other direction, and right. it's just super scripted. Run a guy through a through a map. Right. Um, Starcraft Two does an incredibly good job of blending those in really really nice ways. You know, I mean, um, what I mean by that is giving you a systemic environment to complete the mission in but doing it in ways that have like scripted events that occur or an ai that ad adjusts the dynamics of it uh to keep you from from just getting in too comfortable or a uh, position um it's nice to play a game that feels like a fully constructed single player campaign that is an actual like game like a game game as opposed to um kind of just like a narrative canal that you can kind of just push your way through a narrative uh, canal sounds you, terrible <laughs> yes, it does. You know? like i was thinking about what yeah, makes you mean Starcraft, like a burst canal like yeah you know like pushing your way through amniotic fluid and then emerging into the world yeah being birthed yes that's what playing a video game is normally like that's what but it's not usually StarCraft like but not in starcraft 2 in starcraft 2 it's Ooh. like a video game okay that so, sounds way better that yeah. sounds less gross it's, it's, it's much uh, less gross no, but i guess what i'm trying to say is um like there are a lot of games that are difficult or challenging but usually they tend to be difficult, like on a, on a very 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 granular granular level. Like if you're playing a shooter that's difficult, or an action game that's difficult, or like an adventure game that's difficult, it's tough because right now there's an enemy that is really tough, or there's a puzzle that's hard to solve, or there's like an obstacle that's difficult to surpass. That's it's challenging like in the moment at any given time. Um, but whereas, Starcraft, no, but yeah, too. And, and strategy games in general are oh, very I mean. very different because they give you, you know, it's like here's this thing you have to achieve. You're, you're making decisions that that ripple out in ways that are part of a system you know like again to compare it to um like a a more kind of modern type of narrative game you can still make decisions that ripple out but they tend to be fairly neutral ones it's like i'm going to make a character that's better at this thing or but it's that's not a bad decision that's just part of you know how your character develops in an rpg like way whereas in a strategy game within the context of a mission you actually have to plan out some kind of thing that you're going to do and you have you to actually, like strategize in a yeah you actually game, have to strategy but I, but I just mean that's a game-like attribute that is actually not really a part of most video games um like most video games aren't really you wouldn't really describe them as a game in the sense that that word has traditionally been used for most of history because you're you're pretty much just presented with things that that just happen one after another, and you sure, react. Right. I mean, to them. you're talking about being yeah reactive versus right. forming intent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's and obviously the strategy is not a thing that StarCraft II, you know, has a, 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 a monopoly on. But it is really unusual to play this kind of campaign where there are characters and there's a story, and you've got this hub that you go back to, and you've got branching paths that you can upgrade things in, like. The common that tends to be the domain of of sort of like first or third person games. Mm -hmm. um, it's really cool having all that stuff together in one game. It's you know most strategy developers can't afford to produce a big lavish production like this. It's just yeah. unless you're Total War. I mean, there, there's a couple other examples, but yeah. it's pretty, I mean, is, pretty rare. Is it similar? Is, is it? I mean, it, it sort of sounds like a more fleshed out or at least more expensive version of like the dawn of war 2 campaign where you have like you get loot and other stuff and you can like level up your dudes between missions Structure, and you choose yeah. what order to do the missions in and structurally stuff like it's like that but the actual moment to moment gameplay is very different um yeah. dawn of war is almost more like 
uh, almost more like Diablo with with a bunch of, with more guys in it in the single player. Whereas StarCraft really straddles a, a pretty broad spectrum because it still has the base building stuff. Yeah. So some missions. I mean, like the level that we were looking at before we started recording looks the most like that yeah that, that out yeah. of what i imagine starcraft 2 missions look right. like where you're controlling a guy and maybe he has some backup but you're yeah. like using his talents that wasn't that was a cool other. mission because you're you're controlling one single guy you only ever have direct control over one guy for the whole mission but then in the background you've got your ai buddy who's who's jim rayner the guy you usually play like building up a whole base in the background and sending out guys to reinforce you which was which i thought was really a cool creative thing and that was actually the first mission i'd played with that structure there's like quite a a broad variety of mission types in this game i mean there's some where you literally just have a few guys and there's never any base element at all in the whole mission and then there's some where you start from scratch and you build up a whole thing i remember when you and nick were going to press events for this there were a few aspects of the game that were being ripped out and redone at the time do you remember i can't remember what the hell yeah, those that, were that was the um like tech and research systems and i don't remember what they research. i don't remember what they were like at the time well they're two different things you can research tech and three tech and, <laughs> tech and four it's the tech and research system yeah <laughs> i don't i don't remember what they were <laughs> before they rehauled them but oh, okay. rehauled them but they're they're good now sweet yep <laughs> pretty awesome Just allow you use those you, to like, upgrade special... like from jack to gun jack or like from to, jack to gun jack you know jack. like to get what is Jack? <laughs> to, to get the kangaroo with like the baby oh. kangaroo in his pouch. <laughs> what? To... How did you get there? <laughs> I'm still talking about tech and research. That's oh, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. <laughs> there's a kangaroo in that named Jack. Uh, no, there's oh. there's, a, there's a big buff guy named Jack, and then there's the like robotic cyborg version of him named Gun Jack. So where does the Al kangaroo come in? Also, play? there's a kangaroo. Oh, I thought you were that... talking about how he took the money. He's not the... giving it back. I thought that's what you were talking about as well. <laughs> Oh, Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo yeah. Jack, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, maybe that's where my he brain the money. was going. Yeah, no. He's, he's not, giving, he's it not giving it back. It's pretty much gone. It's with that kangaroo. <laughs> there, there's there's the alligator uh, that has the same skeleton as the kangaroo that can punch, and then there's the kangaroo, and it has a baby kangaroo in its pouch. That also and, punches? Yes. So you punch, and they, they, all, they both have boxing gloves on, so you punch, and also the baby kangaroo punches. Can you get a hit time. with the baby kangaroo fist? I think so, <laughs> which is really good. Uh, so it's, Sweet. I mean, so StarCraft well, has got a shitload of content, well, it's apparently. Got the, there, there's, I mean, there's just, there's all these Tekken crossovers going on yeah, lately. There, weird, there's yeah. Tekken X Street Fighter, which People is a development in Capcom. People make a Tekken with the map editor in this game based on but how like, fucking But, like, Tekken X StarCraft 2 beat them to market. That's Didn't that's even true. announce it. It was just a surprise. So like, oh, also, you yeah. can unlock the Tekken research tree, which yeah. allows you to have a kangaroo with a baby kangaroo who punches people. you know... They they have so much money they can just do all that kind of the stuff. Yeah, right, they've got those licensed songs in the jukebox. They've licensed <laughs> yeah. the entirety of the Tekken universe to show up in the in the tree upgrade yeah. system. Crazy, crazy uh, shit. So yeah, I'm a big Tekken fan, so I'll be playing. <laughs> <laughs> what? There. Oh, speaking of the research system, the Tekken research system. There are uh, pretty hilariously ridiculous video gamey things in there. Uh, like there's. The research is either Zerg research or Protoss research, and so you like study elements of these alien races, and then you then you incorporate them into their own. And there are things like you know the Zerg research. Uh, the first choice you make in Zerg research is you can either uh, outfit your bunkers with heavier armor or give them a turret on top. And the the rationale for like how this ties in to Zerg research is uh, we study the Zerg ultralisks. And we came up with the idea of these armored bunkers. And it's like, 
I'm pretty sure you should have had that idea <laughs> on your own. I'm like, I, I don't know if, if I want you to wait to see this like huge hulking alien beast and be like, oh, arm armor. Oh, a turret. A turret. Yeah, the turret is like inspired by the Zerg uh, spore cannon, which is just like a turret thing. We thought of the idea, like, really? Because your guys have guns, like actual guns that they already use. And you've got vehicles with turrets Inspired on by so 6,000 years of yeah, turrets, maybe. but mostly this Zerg spore cannon. We looked at our own siege tank, and we were inspired by the <laughs> turret placed on the top of it. The so. Zergs actually patented the technology first, so you have to, <laughs> you have yeah. to license you have it. To license it yeah, the, the technology, the artifact is in license fact a, from like Zerg. License. <laughs> yeah. It's like how George it's Lucas like a gets a cut of the right. droid. Yeah. yeah. Of the droid. You love that. I fucking hate it. Oh, you do it a lot for something you hate. Yeah, so I can overcome my fear of that droid sound effect. <laughs> yeah, you should just, you just do Gunga Galunga in that voice. <laughs> just nail both of you guys to the wall simultaneously. Dr- dr- droid. <laughs> no, you got it back. Galunga. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Good Sweet. work, everybody. Yeah, well done. Man. Video so games. how far through the campaign are you at this point? I, I, I have no idea. Okay. I, I read that there's something like, I don't know, 29 missions or something. But like you yeah. said, you don't actually do all of them. So No, I think you can you can do a pretty substantial majority of them. Are there, there, there are some that walk off. Um, the cutscenes, <laughs> I have to say, like, <laughs> yes, the, the, you know, all of this lore and like characters and dialogue was way cooler 12 years ago to me. Well, uh, well you, you don't also, like Steve Rayner anymore? Can well, they, can this, they this, de- defeat they, the StarCraft sorry, 1 no, opening right. cutscene of noodly redneck blues guitar and, like, space truckers? Because that this and game dude's is head actually, explodes uh, inside his own helmet, yeah. I think. This game is actually even Maybe. way more good old boys in space than StarCraft 1 was. Like, they've just gone balls out with that theme. Like, they've got fucking Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird and shit on the jukebox. Because I remember that uh, surprising the crap out of me when I first played StarCraft. That's actually the, a great cutscene. Because the box art is all just space marines murdering fools. Then the beginning of that game was like mesh hat guy or whatever yeah. basically yeah uh, maybe smoking happy. a cigar inside yeah. of his helmet yeah. i mean that's the cover art of this game isn't it oh yeah a this, dude smoking this a cigar game is inside all of cigar his and helmet. helmet yeah no this game's all about like southern, every space marine has a cigar brawl. in their helmet <laughs> <laughs> it's rec it's requisition what it's deployed from the yes, helmet it's, yes i know words of language it's fine I don't know about that you're good at talking I talk good, gunga, gunga, gunga. That's all the only time I'm saying it, Chris. I don't believe you. I, I believe me. It's coming back. No. You got another one chambered. You're just waiting to pull the trigger. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, so, so wait, that was a yes or a no on the sick cutscenes? Uh, it has cutscenes. They're hella sick? Some of them are cool, I guess. Right, I mean, I don't cool. know. Like, it's definitely, you know, the writing is... If you like, were if you were twelve years younger, southern soldier guys are in space and they fight aliens. Yeah. If you were twelve yeah. years younger, you might like it more. Yeah, I would say that's the case. But Although, are they? Are, there, there but are, are they better than than most like gung ho space marines? Are you no? Know, are are they, are they still basically just USMC but with a um, armor suit on? They're, I mean, I, are they like, I mean, I'd rather watch this than like the kill zone story, for example. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I mean, it seems like they. I, I haven't really watched it, but if they do have some amount of like you know southern good old boy thing going on that at least has more character to it than just like gears of war yeah space I mean, marines that's that are true. like Oorah! hell yeah you know like right at least they have a southern accent while they're doing it i guess <laughs> i don't know yeah and there also maybe they are, have a guy like that in gears of war now but they, they probably do they, they're also the hat, he transferred sure. from the space marines to the yeah, other i think ones. i've seen a screenshot of a cowboy hat guy i didn't play gears of war 2 but we did for like we did for a few hours half yeah. an hour or something yeah, yeah. 
But there, there are occasional moments in the because most of the cutscenes in this game are in engine. Um, yeah. they, they obviously use much, much, much higher res assets than the main game does. But you know, they're rendered in real time. But then there are, you know, a really major points. You get the the big the big Blizzard cutscenes. Blizzard cutscene, yeah. yeah. And you know, most of those are the same kind of stuff you see in most Blizzard games. But every every once in a while, there will be just a shot or just like a bit of composition that is just astonishingly gorgeous and that you that tends to be when they show really big landscapes or, or have and that's when that, you press f10 and fraps right yeah <laughs> uh, mainly stuff where dust is involved like i'm still blown away like the first half hour of wally was like my favorite fucking thing ever because really well done dust in cgi with like proper light refraction and stuff chris remo explodes blown my fucking away face. i don't know do you guys dust. know what i mean at all yeah like you can make really amazing looking stuff with light hitting like <clears throat> particles yeah i mean um, i was really impressed did you see um did you watch that uh like stop motion red dead redemption stuff that they stop motion or i mean sorry uh, time lapse that's what i meant to say uh, no, there, there was a video that. clip that, that they released. I saw released. that like McKinema thing that that film director made that I thought no, they no, had. No, 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 no. Uh, basically, if essentially in Red Dead, apparently, if you just like put the controller down, so it's the uh -huh. Red Dead equivalent of the Koenigsegg GTA Four stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you put the controller down, it finds the nearest kind of like vista point and just puts your view there and and i think it actually like increases the res of like the lighting effects and stuff like that oh, wow. and so a guy just put the controller down and and recorded like full 24-hour cycles from all the different points in the world that it would do this and then uh -huh. made it so it was like one frame every 10 seconds or something you know so it was like high speed time lapse kind of like when you sleep in in far cry 2 um or yeah like jake said that gta 4 thing and so um one frame every 10 seconds you have that backwards one frame per 10 seconds of world time. Oh, 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 I thought right. you meant played back at. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> <Tick>. <laughs> right. As, as time-lapse footage is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like, their lighting and shadow engine is goddamn unbelievable. Yeah. Like, some, some of the places you will see, like, the sun rising and the sun rays like accurately cut around all the edges of the clouds and they're like projecting the shadows of the clouds on you know the plane as right. they move and the sun's going up and you you know everything casts shadows and yeah you see these incredibly accurate sun rays just like cutting through trees and like individual around leaves and stuff so like that. chris would like this uh, what you're saying yeah you, you would <laughs> like, like this like thing yeah. uh it's it's really cool and yeah i think it is the is kind that of thing a youtube video uh, it was, it was, I don't know if you've ever seen this, um, on Eurogamer, they have this like oh, subsection called Foundry Digital thing? Foundry. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. the Digital Foundry guy did this oh, whole cool. okay. thing, yeah. um, and like set it to music from the soundtrack and stuff. And it blew my mind. Like yeah. just, I, I, cause like I said, I think that they kind of like crank up the res of that stuff when you go into Vista mode. Cause I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't notice it being this hardcore of lighting right. effects when I was just running around. Um, but it's really impressive and awesome when a game engine can be that much like an actual place you know maybe in fucking six goddamn months when they release the pc version you can uh <laughs> enable Put all it that in shit ultra yeah. mode yeah. yeah or maybe it is when you're running around and, it's and you just, just you don't notice it because you're parallax you're not, yeah. like how you don't notice it in real life until you stop and look <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i i did notice like sun rays coming through trees and around the edges of mountains and stuff i think it just depends on what time of day that's always the best stuff. in games when you can manipulate the camera into a position where the sun has to filter through branches and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome. <laughs> Good work, whatever we were talking about. <laughs> dust in Wall-E, I think that was... Yeah. You gonna, you're going to put that on the games discussed? Wall-E Wall -E dust. film? <laughs> Maybe the THQ Wall-E game has that in it. I assume probably not. 
Oh, maybe it does. I don't know. It probably has dust in it. That's probably there. <laughs> but it might have the like the majesty of dust. Well, it might have just like the seven-year-old Unreal Engine dust <laughs> right. sprite yeah. festival. Man, yeah. speaking of of like Pixar games, did you ever, Steve? Did you ever end up playing the Toy Story three game? I didn't. I just read about uh, how it, so, some of the guys from work have played it. They said it's I've heard it has a really cool open world thing in the, it. The weird like story or like toy playtime builder mode. It's yeah. It's called. Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's yeah. It's basically <laughs> sweet. Uh, uh, it's called like 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 Woody's Roundup or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's basically you can do a bunch of story missions, or you can go to this little town, and there's a bunch of like systemic submissions within the town that allow you to build new buildings and then like change the colors and you know customize all the buildings and stuff, and then mm. you can unlock. Just like apparently, it's all about doing weird systemic missions in this little open world, and then. But you're also sort of creating that open world as you play. Yeah, through it, and, right? and, and then an unlocking new stuff yeah. to like put That's in awesome. in the world, and you can like unlock new accessories to put on the people. So there's just like toys and people walking around, and you can just go in and say, "Now they're all wearing this silly hat," and then you go back out into the world, and all the people walking around have a silly hat on. Now. Sweet stuff like that. Uh, yeah, apparently it's like just a lot of fun, and they went really deep on it. Like you know, like it's sort of. The story mission that follow missions that follow the movie or what you're kind of expected to play and then off in the corner there's this thing that just goes down the rabbit hole and there's all this crazy yeah, shit that's in it. awesome. i'd be curious yeah. to, to kind of read the story behind that yeah yeah, yeah it, it gives the impression of maybe that was the real game but then they had to bolt the false game on top of it yeah i'd play that game i will play it i want to and will in my life you want to beat toy story 3 the video game i, I want to at least play their weird town building yeah strange thing yeah speaking of building things mm. i uh, i recently went through too. Uh, well yeah that also <laughs> but um uh, I, actually prior to that a couple of weeks ago now i we i keep forgetting to talk about is the this podcast, singularity but i no. oh god i need to remember to talk about that after <laughs> i don't think you build shit in singularity i know but I, you sorry, sort of building. like undestroy stuff with your time hand sometimes yeah uh, when it's been scripted to happen, uh, but no, I, a couple of weeks ago I, I went through a phase of several days where I like obsessively played SimCity on the iPhone. Whoa! Uh, it's like a port of SimCity One. Sim, it was two Sim or three, three, I think. I think. Oh, okay. Three thousand. Three thousand. Um, I made three thousand of those games. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Uh, and it, it worked pretty well. Um, it would kind of be cool if it was a port of the SimCity One, like SNES version. That's the one that I've played the most. At, well, not on the NES, but okay. on the. Apple II, I played the most of it on that. Or SNES, but yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's cool. It's Obviously, you got to squeeze a lot of stuff into that screen, but it works well when you get, especially after you um, kind of develop some some muscle memory with the weirdness of scrolling around. Uh, so but you built a city. You simulated a city. I totally simulated What did you call city. your city? Uh, diplomatic Pouch. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching the X Files recently, uh, for the first time. I'd never seen that show when it was aired. I think I may have mentioned this on a prior cast. But you better not have. There was this one episode. Yeah, the diplomatic pouch. Yeah, where they kept. <laughs> I don't like, know what that The means. whole MacGuffin of this episode was a fucking a diplomatic pouch, which I'd never heard that term before. And they kept saying it again and again, and it it became this like hilarious weird thing in my mind where you say something enough and then it loses all meaning well, what the hell they, did, did, for me it doesn't have meaning in the first place <laughs> what is it's it? like it's a sort like of like a it was like folder, a leather like zipper like, envelope or something yeah it was that, just that like a stuff. folder but oh, it was something that a, it, a it diplomat al along with one. the diplomat have like you know clearance to not be checked through customs oh, or oh i see okay they have diplomatic immunity with their diplomatic pouches 
and that word is on my mind so much and it became so hilarious to me that when I loaded up SimCity and asked me for the name of my city, I just typed Diplomatic Pouch. Oh, and then, uh, well, actually, so I made Diplomatic Pouch and then because it had been years since I'd last played a SimCity game, uh, I, you know, I ran the place into the ground pretty fucking quickly and I, yeah. I restarted Diplomatic Pouch a few times and eventually I kind of got to the point where I, I understood kind of how to, you know, how to manage that the pouch. optimal city, right. And then so, but I'd kind of powered my way through it and it was not very well planned. And so then I made a new city that I called New Pouch and that was like my <laughs> ideal, my, that was like my, you know, real effort using all the knowledge I'd learned from this other city. And I fucking, I kicked the shit out of it. Like, I, that you city. You out of that pouch? Yeah, no, I mean, like, I had. You fucked up diplomatic you know, pouch. 200,000 citizens by, like, 20 years into it. It was ridiculous. Like, I, I just fucking burned through it. And the way that, the way that I realized to do it is by basically just being, like, total conservative, like, no government spending at all for a couple decades. And then. As soon as there's a bunch of people in there, you just rape the fuck out of everyone with taxes and just enact every <laughs> single like civic ordinance you can and like every single liberal tax and spend policy available. Uh, and uh, then basically by that point, your city's so amazing that there's always people who want to come there, uh, even though they all complain about the taxes all the time. So that was fun. Um, and then because I was, I started playing this game like intermittently where I would be doing something and then I would just leave it running in the background on like lowest speed just passively and I would check in on it every once in a while and I would you know I would wait for landmarks like you know when the when the year gets to a certain point and like nuclear power is available that would then I could actually go in and do something because I mean at that point my city was pretty much running itself so there wasn't a lot for me to do until new things were available yeah um, and then at, at, I remember doing that with the PC version of SimCity 1 where me I too yeah exactly yeah leave it on with the screen off and then you'd come back and right. mom had loaded up WordPerfect instead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man WordPerfect yeah uh, but yeah and then I but you can also put it in accelerated time uh you know, when you, when you just want to power through to something. And so at one point I, I, I put my iPhone down and I, I did, I like made dinner or something, you know, and then I, I came back to it a couple hours later and I realized I had left it on in three X speed and at the, and like my city, you know, when I left it was just incredible thriving metropolis. And I went back to it and it was like the year 3050 and all of my like water pipes were broken and the, all the power plants had blown up and there were like 200 people left in the city and the, there was garbage everywhere in the streets. Like basically my city and went through this. And there was just a guy with a shotgun fighting <laughs> off like yeah, right. nuclear that's, mutants. That's exactly what I thought when it happened. Like it really, I created like I am legend. Yeah, <laughs> on accident, but just my by my, cooking like, dinner with your phone on government <laughs> neglect. Yeah, like I mean, this base, this government had basically just like left this city to its own devices That's to awesome. wither and die for yeah. centuries and centuries. And, and human and, nature like, dictates that everyone ended up killing themselves. Take over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and each other. It was it was amazing. And then uh, I was actually able to uh, because the dog population was in the thousands. <laughs> yeah. I was actually because there was so much of an existing just basic like residential and commercial infrastructure there. Um, I was able to bring my city back to the the peak of, of uh, you know, magnificence. You Charlemagne to that shit, but it, it never. I was never able to do anything to get it back up to the, oh. the population that it originally had. So but the people who were left alive were glory, pretty pleased. Yeah, though, no, they could, cool. uh... I don't know. It was a really. It was an awesome experience. And then at that point, I stopped playing because I'd pretty much like exhausted everything I think that game could give me. And then I started wanting 
I'm like, man, I wonder if SimCity 4 has more stuff in it than this. And then Uh-oh. a few days later, they added it to Steam. So uh, when I get through, nice. when I finish with StarCraft 2, I think I'll probably load that up. I wonder if you're running iOS 4 and you plug in a USB keyboard, if you can type Shift F-U-N-D and get $10,000. Does does iOS 4 support a USB you can, you can You can plug a USB keyboard or a pair of Bluetooth keyboard to it, yeah. Really? Yeah. To your iPhone? Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. It came with the iPad stuff, I think. But that might allow cheats. Yeah. That's all I was thinking about the whole time you were talking. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, couldn't you just pop up the soft keyboard? I don't know what an iPhone is. You need the, the app needs there to needs, support yeah, that. Yeah, there needs um, to be a prompt for text. That would be the a hilarious retarded thing if there is a soft keyboard button in the SimCity uh, <laughs> just for app just for, just for typing shift, shift F-U-N-D. <laughs> there isn't one. Yeah. What the iPhone needs is Sim fucking Ant. Sim Ant. Fuck yeah. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I never I, played Sim Ant. Did I tell you guys? People Sim, a lot of people... Um, you take over a yard and then you chase really people game. out of their house yeah. with yeah. Ant it's Infestation. An awesome game. It's <laughs> one of those games that everyone who really sat down with it at the time seems to have really fond memories of. Yeah, if, it you, if you get into Sim Ant to the point that you know what you're doing, it's good. And then at is the it hard there's to know what you're doing? a big fucking spider that is horrible. When you kill the spider like for the first limbo. time, so satisfying. Yeah, it's great. Like Limbo. Also satisfying. Sim Ant, it's not... Like it's not hard to get into, but it not a whole lot happens for the first hour or two. Yeah. My in, at least when I was a kid playing it, because you're just an ant. You I was, an I ant was way more accepting ant of that though in those days. Yeah, you're an ant living in a yard, and then oh, you, you play as a single ant. You you you're not choose, the god you of choose ants. Choose the ant that you're controlling. Hmm. I, I don't know. You're also Lordo ants. It's, it's <laughs> Lordo ants. Yeah, that's how you said it, it's like Lando Lakes, um, but with ants and lords but, instead oh, of lands yeah. and lakes. I remember the windscreen for that is just uh, a picture of the owner of the house and his dog, but their eyes have like color cycling spirals or like circles emanating out that are red because <laughs> they've gone crazy. Oh, yeah. They've what? gone crazy from ants. That. Even the dog? Yeah, the dog also is crazy. Uh, I, I was picturing a way worse thing you were going to say. No, they're not just, covered in ants. They're just going, <laughs> oh, I, I was just picturing their eyes were gone and streams of ants were going into <laughs> oh, their <shit>. eyes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's the visceral game, Sim Ant. Yep. <laughs> did, did I tell you guys that when Your I... Your ants devoured I, them eyeballs first. <laughs> so eating or them from, from, the from some orifice and then came out of the eyeballs. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Yeah, that's... that's Yeah. Will yeah. Wright is a fucked up guy. Well, but when, he, you, when it comes now right that, down now to that, it. Now that Will Wright has wholly left Maxis and EA, they're free to do whatever the fuck they want with his licenses. Which so, is Dark Spore. So Dark Yeah, but coming soon, visceral game, Sim Ant. But I, I did I tell you we talked about Dark Spore a little bit last week. Yeah, right? we did. It's did I did I tell you that I I interviewed a guy there um, from Maxis, and uh, I like I, I mentioned you know like oh this is really unusual for you guys you know I've been playing Maxis games for a really long time and something to do with your with like anything you've ever done before is very strange, and it turns out that the guy that I talked to has been at Maxis since the original SimCity. Wow. He's the only. He's now that Will Wright has left. He's the longest serving guy there. But yeah. he he was like the producer on Sim Ant yeah. and Sim Tower. Like you yeah, yeah. designed Sim Tower, but then right. this guy was the North American producer for it. Uh, it was crazy. I was able to talk to this guy about uh, like his career in games at Maxis has basically directly mirrored like my career playing video games. Like I basically <laughs> like Sim City was one of the absolute very first games I ever played. Uh, it was really cool to meet a guy who worked on that and yeah. like you know sim ant and sim that's life awesome. which i never understood did you ever play sim life sim life and sim earth both confused the shit out of me at the time oh, sim earth, that's really complex, i'm thinking of sim right? earth yeah. Yeah, sim, yeah those were both complicated games yeah. those were both really like really 
sim like they might not be if you go back and play them now but i did not understand what but, the I mean, hell was happening but that is games. kind of uh i mean that because that, before you said that that was but, kind of what i was thinking is that dark spore almost seems like a sort of early 90s maxis thing you know like like what well i, I mean not the actual like game mechanics but just the idea of doing something weird oh, that's yeah, only tangentially totally related yeah, 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 to yeah. like sim city or whatever yeah, yeah, their yeah. core you know ip is they're like well we did sim city therefore i can make a weird evolution sim because right. i fucking feel like it you know or, or even when they got into weird shit like sim copter you know or, or whatever it was sort of like there was a while where they just were was were things like <clears throat> sim copter and streets of sim city were those actually maxis some, some of those were licensed yeah i, um, I think sim copter was actually done in-house at maxis I got I, I got the impression it was I don't know maybe I'm wrong but but I don't remember there, there was there was just a period sort of like between you know the original SimCity and SimCity 2000 and when the Sims came out where they were just shotgunning a lot of different yeah, ideas yeah, yeah, totally. out of out of Maxis and then it kind of focused down once the Sims came out yeah. and they they really put all their well, eggs yeah. into the spore basket right. and maybe at this point they're kind of going to be trying more stuff you know? I, I would be interested to see that that's one of the one of the main reasons i'm interested in dark sport the other being i like diablo style games but uh that i i totally agree with you um and i hope that it allows maxis to become just kind of a computer game developer again instead of the company that does this big monolithic thing for just like that forever yeah. and then the next big will write thing like I, I mean i don't you know will write is a, is a uncommonly interesting and talented and creative person yeah and i you know the the, the studio probably it, all things considered is worse off without him but i would imagine but it'll it's really cool if they kind of use that as a springboard to say all right yeah. we no longer have this big crazy figurehead let's try to figure out what this studio is now yeah and let's just I mean, try it, some shit I mean, it, I think it seems that's cool. like you know like if, if you've seen any of well i mean i know you have but if the theoretical the reader, the reader uh, has, has seen any of will Wright's presentations where he's shown like prototype stuff that they did while they were you know trying to figure out what spore was going to be it seems like in the earlier era a number of those prototypes might have actually gone into full production and become a weird you know like s right. you know sim solar system or or whatever you yeah. know as a standalone kind of entertaining simulation product and but because it's sort of we're in the modern era where it's like everything has to be a triple a production right. they all only got so far to the prototype stage yeah. and then it just got shut down or somewhat rolled into this one big product, you yeah. know? That... I mean, and that's, yeah. And I, I wonder how much of that is kind of the modern AAA mentality and how much is it, of it is just kind of when studios become institutions. Because, you know, when you look yeah. back at what Molyneux did at his studios with at Bullfrog um, and early Lionhead, it's yeah. like those studios put out so many games of such different interesting or like, like different early blizzard tone. and early blizzard to some yeah. extent yeah silicon and synapse. silicon and synapse and yeah yeah um and it's you know those types of companies that have that strong identity tend to end up and like for yeah, like, you know uh, civilization or, they're another example or, or like dma design doing exactly like lemmings right. and gta yeah. and etc cetera, etc cetera, and yeah. then gta3 hits and it's like well now Body we do harvest. that you yeah know? exactly yeah. yeah that that does tend to happen and it it, it does bum me out um because the, those studios the reason they made their name in the first place generally is because they had they were respected for this incredible portfolio and then they tend to have you know one franchise that's the catalyst for propelling them into the stratosphere of notoriety but they usually yeah. come from a background of yeah really wide kind of broad creativity yeah i mean even yeah like lionhead is a fair example of that where it's like now yeah. they're the fable studio you right know? Exactly. Like they, they aren't even I mean, they yeah. aren't even fable and black and white anymore nope. you know just yeah. fable yeah. and milo 
Fable and Milo. Time for a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With Milo. Video game. Approved. How is that Jurassic Park game going? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's coming along. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's basically me uh, singing the Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Is is this? What's the menu? Oh, okay, and then you, then after that, you back into Samuel Jackson's arm. <laughs> you guys don't know how happy I would be if we made that game. <laughs> I would be. I think I do know. Yeah. I know how happy you would be. You'd I be would extremely be so happy. happy. <laughs> You should have that. You should. There should be a like an arcade machine somewhere in the world, <laughs> and, and it just should... contains back into severed arm. <laughs> There's no way I could get that into the game. Oh, it'd be so good. It's but so... yeah, ha- having an arcade machine that is back into Samuel Jackson's <laughs> arm just makes me. It makes me think of an amazing setting for that game, which is like it's... It, it, it. Well, it's it's a it's a very like meta aware setting where they reopened Jurassic Park based on the because... events of the movie of Jurassic Park. <laughs> where it's like that movie was a big hit. Why did we close this island? Yeah. <laughs> and so people go to it and it's like, yeah, the, the attractions are recreations of the movie scenes that took place in so the it's, actual it's a Universal it's Studios Jurassic, Jurassic Park ride yeah. inside of actual Jurassic Park. Yeah. On Isla Neblar. Right. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. Nublet. Nublet. <laughs> Isla Nublet. Yeah, but there's just like a ride that's like a it's like a, a thrill, you know, a thrill ride that you put on a little bungee harness and climb up a dinosaur fence and they just turn oh, on some fake sparks it. and you jump off of it and like get caught by the bungee what you, cord. What do you do? You fall off of a dinosaur. Oh fence. man, that'd be Cast breaker right there. You did yeah. it. Uh so I'm looking forward to that game now that you <laughs> It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. It sounds weird, but I like it. That should at least be the loading screen for the Flash website. Is a character who's <laughs> a ba- guy just they back up and then when it's one hundred percent, it does this and then it turns into an outline of that and then disappears off the page. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, like a Unix system? I know that. That's the one thing I want to do in that game. Have it have that line of dialogue? No, a recreation of that. Yeah, like, like, as, corner, as the front, it says yeah. Unix system well, version you, three point yeah. six. Well, so are you, are you saying this would be the front menu or yeah, yeah. Be so a like, puzzle in the game no like the front menu would just say like unix system booting <laughs> up and then it would go and make little analog click sounds as it like one fps zoomed you into that yeah. like irix file browser so you could load up your save game that's located in like yeah i i like that yeah why would that not be it it should be a given that that's what's in the game. No, because you could make some bullshit like CSI style, uh, like computer enhanced thing. But if you make oh. it look like the the best the '90s have to <laughs> offer, if you ever show anyone on a video screen uh, on a computer monitor, you have to put the little QuickTime movie player scrolling underneath. Because like there's that shot where uh, one of the guys in the movie is talking on the phone with the person who at the dock. He's like, "That boat's leaving any minute now," and he hangs up the phone. But if you look, there's just a QuickTime movie player uh, running underneath it. <laughs> I never noticed <laughs> like that. someone like the the film's IT guy was like, "Okay, and action." <laughs> Backing off now. Play the QuickTime movie, and then someone it's someone acting against the QuickTime movie, I and never, they didn't, never they didn't change that. it. Video Steampunk is one of those things, like cyberpunk, that almost no one actually ever does, like, full-on, you know? So I don't actually... Like, if a thing was actually fully steampunk-themed, it would I would be really cool, happy. Whereas, it, generally, it's just, like, little elements of it in a more generic thing. Steampunk I, I makes me mad still, because whenever I think of a film that is steampunk, it's just going to be Wild Wild West, or... Right, exactly. Or it's what, be, okay, so, so what is a good example of that? 
I don't really know. I would be fucking pleased if someone actually did a balls to the wall cyberpunk thing, though. Exactly. That would make me really happy. Like, that, like there, there's there's so little of it. Like the original Ghost in the Shell anime, you know. Yeah, but not. I don't like, want the anime version. I like the western westernized version of that stuff. Right. No, more. but I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. that that's full on cyberpunk, and like, there is not a whole lot else that is. Like, the Matrix is sort of a version of it, but not really. I want me. people with little blue lenses over their eye that can change yeah. shit and stuff like yeah, that. That's like, what I fucking want. Yeah, like, Blade Runner is closer to full-on cyberpunk. Yeah. But, like, even then, they're, they don't have, like... Blade Runner's like, more analog, though. Yeah, like, Deus Ex is full-on cyberpunk, yeah. where it's like, we have... Like, like cyborgs and shit. Yeah, like, cybernetically modified people and, yeah. like, jacking into, you know, the virtual right, the Matrix, net and The shit. fact that the Matrix has all of, like, everyone has wears black leather and stuff, it, it makes it less good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of cyberpunk stuff, but if someone did one really good one that was just fucking all out 1992 video game box yeah. art cyberpunk, yes. I'd be pleased exactly. as shit. Yeah, that will no, never happen. I know, but, like, the, but the thing is we're getting to the point where that is, like, retro enough that you could do it as, like, almost but like a period I don't think it's piece. retro in a way that most people have any connection or nostalgia for. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter. I like, think you could, I, I think I think that you if could the bring creator, that back around as cool. If the creator I has... Think you could do it. it would the, be hard, but you could do it. If the creator uh, has... I'm not arguing someone that, couldn't do it, but yeah. I don't think it'll happen. I, I think it's less about the audience having that point of reference than the people making it having that point of reference and then making something that's awesome that people just kind of take at face value and they're like, that's sweet. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Uh, it would be hard, but you could I mean, I, I don't know. It reminds me of Ken Levine talking about Bioshock and being like, you know, there, there's a reason we decided to make this the, with the aesthetic we did and not another like cyberpunk spaceship. Just, I mean, yeah, you know, some Except things... that they still made the weirdest, least least accessible yeah. fiction. Yes, but I mean, I, I have, I, I have, you know, personal friends who bought Bioshock entirely on that strength who guarantee would never look twice at just another. Yeah. sci-fi nerd thing yeah they just don't yeah right. i mean but, they, I mean, you can it's getting close to the point that you can embrace the like late 80s early yes, 90s exactly. of it you, you can turn back around and do like like totally straight-faced neuromancer with no alterations and just like latch on to the shit that is blatantly outdated and you know like embrace yeah. people plugging in a soft like as a weird shaped disc into a port behind their ear and shit like that and be like yes we know this will never be the future this is an alternate future that we yeah. enjoy i, mean, I think transmetropolitan is a decent example of that totally stuff. but that's you're you're marketing that towards like this small nerdy right, group but of intense nerds if you made transmetropolitan uh, and it had the budget, like you, which would never happen but if transmetropolitan was starring johnny depp as the hunter s thompson cipher and it was produced, you know, with the marketing campaign of a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. People yeah, and, yeah. and people I mean, would it, see it. It could. And then it would be all Yeah, because I mean, like, buying an additional spine like, so yeah, you can fire like, a giant gun. Like, J.J. Abrams yeah, made the fucking that. Star Trek movie, and it was a giant blockbuster. You know, like, you can make yeah, people well, buy into stuff that's traditionally super nerdy. It's all about positioning. Well, you know? right. I mean, Star Trek is a huge internationally known franchise. Yeah, yeah. but that nobody, except... You know, like traditionally, that it's nobody an internationally says known franchise nerds. that people yeah. actually but I think were antagonistic towards for twenty it, years. I right. think he successfully did it by heavily dialing back the exclusionary nerdy properties of it. Yeah, yeah. to great effect, I think. But without cutting out like a lot of the core, like technological and other touchstones about the property, it was more like the focus of the story and how it was shot and what happened, like in the plot points and the pace of it. 
and how the dialogue was written and stuff. You know, like they still had fucking warp drives and stuff. It, it just was a question of what they focused on well, moment yeah, but to moment. I think the biggest way that J.J. Abrams got people to watch Star Trek is by reminding them that when Star Trek was first on, the characters were actually, in fact, young and attractive. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, at some point, people might have wanted to well, look know, at I, William Shatner you know, uh, in that uniform. I actually really like the original Star Trek series more than any other Star Trek thing I've seen, pretty much. Mainly because it's so uh, not bogged down by canon. Which, the canon in general is just, like, my least favorite thing about genre anything. You know, like, I, I like the original Star Trek series because it's just... We're making a show in space with these character dynamics and this general tone and theme. Right. And I think that's awesome. I mean, it's dated in a lot of ways, obviously, but I mean, you know, you have to look at it through that filter. Yeah. To answer your question about what an example of it is, it, it, it might not be a crossover example, but it looks like that's what Deus Ex 3 is going to be. Like, when you read articles about that or whatever, like, our touchstones are Blade Runner, Ghost in the Shell, maybe like Cowboy Bebop. It's like, all right, you guys are making Blade Runner World. Does Deus Ex 3 look like it's going to be good? I, you, I think it looks like it'll maybe be Maybe we should talk about this because I saw that trailer and said, fuck this. Uh, the trailer is, the trailer is the trailer's I, probably not, not representative of anything. Okay. It's all no. CGI. Yeah, the, the trailer the, was just like... The, the trailer is... Terrible, is the, I agree. It was well, really bad. Okay, so the trailer is not good, but did you watch the leaked footage that Screw <laughs> Attack uh, cell phoned or whatever? No. Uh, it looked nice to you? It looks really good. Yeah, it, it looks that. like it looks demo. like goddamn Deus Ex. Like yeah. you walk around a you know fairly constrained walkable city, you go inside a building, you know you talk to a dude to talk your way mm -hmm. in or pay him off or you whatever. do a thing with a lock and with a security camera, etc. Yeah, you know you find a, a code on a data cube and then you put it into a lock and get into oh, a secret area and then you climb through I'm a vent and you know you you pick up a crate and use your strength mod to pick up a bigger crate to find a secret area and you. Climb on top of stuff and stealth behind guys. And cool. So it sounds like it the Deus Ex really that I didn't ever played. Oh, you can play it. It's on Steam. It, it'll run really well on your. I computer. own the, I own the Mac OS Nine version of Deus Ex. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I, I I can play Deus Ex like on my netbook, which I was surprised oh, about. Wow. I mean, even though it's I mean it's ten years old and everything, but my That's netbook has like integrated three D yeah. garbage, garbage, and yeah. I can play it at you know like 60 fps wow, native res awesome. it's weird uh but i'm happy that i can just take my netbook on a plane and play deus ex on it um but yeah deus ex 3 the the gameplay video stuff was really encouraging it was really nice that's cool yep i'll play that game also we might be back i'll be a cyborg back, i guess yeah. i don't know we can be back yeah. i'll be a i'll be a cyborg man that has a cyborg arm with a sword inside of it <laughs> <laughs> i just don't care i'll do it i love it that's cool. A bartender you do love has cyborgs. a cyborg arm. Yeah. You of all the people I know, I think you love cyborgs the most. It's probably true. Because yeah. you are a cyborg. Mm, no. Secret. He wishes he were a cyborg. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to be. Over the course of your life, you'll slowly replace your limbs with, with cybernetic limbs. At I would do it. At what point would you no longer be a human? Imagine if someone asked that. What if someone made a like a game or something or like a sci-fi book that was about that? Yeah. That'd be great if it was about like when are you no longer a human when you're a robot? Yeah. Well, sometimes That'd be an interesting question to address. I wonder if anyone's... It's when you stop hearing the whisper of your ghost, I think. Oh, is that... I'm pretty sure. Is that a reference? That's a Disney song from Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a reference to Ghost in the Shell, yeah. obviously. Nerd. Anime obviously. nerd. Obviously. All right. When's the last time you watched Ghost in the Shell? I have not seen that. You have Akira on Blu-ray and you've never watched Ghost in the Shell? Well, he has uh, Akira on Blu-ray because it contains the hypersonic, it has hypersonic effect. effect. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a version of Ghost in the Shell that has the hypersonic effect? I think because so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I've seen very, very, very little anime. Yeah. But I have seen Akira and I liked it. I've seen kind of a lot of anime and only liked some of it, but some of it's really good. It's a small selection. I thought you were going to say it's a small world. It's a small world after, after all. all. Yeah. And yeah. a Disney song. From Pocahontas. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I really like cyborgs because it's one of those things where, you know, they, but you, you just don't see a ton of them. They, they don't. That's true. You, they're not really on the street that often. <laughs> In games or whatever. Movies or whatever. It's like a cybernetic it, organism. It's a, it's a thing that I think people shy away from because they think they are too geeky. And so, like, you just. You don't encounter a ton of them, but I love, you know, like... Like a neural net processor, like, a learning computer. I like the way you keep yeah. saying, you just don't, you don't run into very many cyborgs. You don't hang out with them too much. very common. You just don't see a guy with aren't a cyber arm. Aren't they common in games? Aren't there the a street. lot of cyborgs? I don't know. There used to be a lot of cyborgs. Yeah. I mean, maybe... Where have all the cyborgs gone? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> the theme from... I, yeah, I hear a remix coming to the, to the tune of whatever. Who did that song? That awful person, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? But it's where have all the cyborgs gone? <laughs> yeah, that's probably not coming. I I'm pretty sure that is. was performed by Chris Ramo right now. Nope. Do it. All right. Uh, oh no. I don't know. There's probably cyborgs in like StarCraft Two. There's there's probably like some kind of augmentation. Yeah, I would be kind of shocked yeah. if there weren't. Yeah, the guy who's been through it all probably has like a laser eye or something. Yeah. yeah. And laser brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. I I really love like Syndicate. You know, yeah, and it's like you upgrade your cyborg dudes. You I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, I haven't been able to upgrade a cyborg in a hell of a long time. Deus Ex Three. Yeah, somebody just give me a give me a game where I can upgrade just a cyborg, a and I'll give you cyborg. my sixty dollars. <laughs> I'll give you sixty dollars to upgrade a cyborg. That sounds like a like a Facebook social game microtransaction. Uh, Steve Gaynor has upgraded his cyborg. Yeah, I won't do it on. <laughs> I will not do it on. Oh Facebook. man, you're drawing the line. Your love of cyborgs is not strong enough to. Too, you're not you're not to, a fan to, of the social cyborg to coax me into a <laughs> facebook game yeah no sorry deus x3 though i'll upgrade my cyborg in that well, what game. you don't know is that deus x3 is a facebook app they probably have, will, they'll probably have one I'm, oh, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have fucking level three augmentation of cyborg sword arm <laughs> <laughs> they should just name all that shit what it is like starcraft 2 is you know it's just got it doesn't really matter, but you know, you upgrade all your shit in the tech trees and everything, and everything is like hell scream missiles and you, right, know, you just wanted like, to say big missile. Like big missile, extra missile, many missiles, really fast missile. <laughs> so the level three cyborg sword arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should get that sword arm. The and your, your, your yeah, the cyborg one. And your StarCraft I mean your Deus X three avatar could also get that arm. But, you what know. do you mean avatar? Like the character screen? Yeah, your guy that you're playing in that in that world. Oh, actual character model. Yeah. Like, of course he'll have the fucking Oh, but I mean thing. Steve should get one. IRL. Yeah, oh, you Jake, should. Jake's making the joke about it being real me. Oh, like a real cyborg. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like I'm saying you should like build it. You are going to be a but, cyborg. Yeah, it's it's like cosplay, but it's real. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's a real sword. <laughs> and then you've, you've severed your arm and replaced it with a sweet piston <laughs> arm with a sword. And you go to Comic-Con and be the coolest <laughs> at, guy. At what point? <laughs> how does cosplay even have to be <laughs> referenced in that? Well, because it's like you're making you're, a costume you're, of you're that. You're dressing up like your favorite cyborg. 
<laughs> Except by replacing your arm with an actual cyborg. Well, you're, just well, you're serious most, about it, yeah, right? You're like you know, it's called it's called being committed to yeah. the to the role that you're cosplaying. Yeah. yeah. Gulp. You'd win that contest hmm. with your severed cyborg sword arm. That I can stab mm-hmm. people with. Yeah, and then you can take your arm and you can like back into it. it to a different. <laughs> <laughs> all comes full circle. That's, so that's so that's what so the, that's that conversation. That's what the actual that's what the actual implication of that scene in Jurassic Park was. was Samuel that actually Samuel off camera Jackson augmented. He's yeah. got a sword arm. He, he lost fucking up raptors yeah. left and right. He lost his arm then. In the sequel, the intention was he came back with a cyborg arm, but a different writer came on late in the project. And they're like, oh, what's this cyborg arm? Yeah. <laughs> we cut that character. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? And well, Samuel... they cut the entire character and they just left the arm? <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's arm does Where not does, appear in The Lost World. I don't remember there ever being a black guy in this movie. Where is this <laughs> no, where I'm this talking arm? about in the sequel. Don't you remember that arm? Samuel L. Oh, Jackson's right. return was cut from the sequel. Oh, when he, I see. When what, he, the sequel, Samuel Jackson's return? Yeah, Jurassic when, when two. he rips out of a crashed helicopter with his sword arm <laughs> and murders dinosaurs. Yeah. They cut that, but they left the other scene of someone else backing into his arm, just, you know, for continuity. <laughs> yeah, I think that's on the Blu-ray, actually, finally. It's oh, a bad telecine, but that's yeah. on there. Yeah, it's got, like, the little uh, time code at the bottom and stuff. There's a commentary from Spielberg about it. Sweet. Yeah. About how he can't wait to bring it to connect. <laughs> Good times. Well, that's... Uh, what, what the fuck are we talking I about? Uh, I played Singularity, like, a month ago at this point. <laughs> I keep forgetting to talk about it. How was Singularity, Chris? <laughs> Uh, it's definitely a video game. <laughs> Dude, I hope you actually have something to talk about about Singularity, because every week you're like, fuck, I forgot to talk about Singularity. I think I did, and I've forgotten now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, you go around and shoot guys, and there's a time machine in hand that you can use. I mean, it's one of those games where it seems like they had so... I mean, actually, what was funny is I was reading one of the... Some something by somebody who worked on it. I actually don't recall who at the time, but someone was saying something to the effect of, yeah, you know, we had all these systems and we kept reducing them down and shaving down systems till we came out really with just the core mechanics that were left. And that was really surprising for me to read because it the game feels to me like they did the exact opposite where they started, you know, with like a basically it's a first person shooter where you shoot stuff and then they just kept adding more and more and more mechanics on it, but never actually made them like work together. It's too bad that they then called it Singularity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cause th- there's never like a moment where everything gels, you know, like you, you've got your, your time hand, which you can use to like age things or on age things, but, or do other random things too. Well, they're all couched Slow in the down notion. Yeah. Or pick up and throw right. or through and, time, through time. Yeah. And, but or the, through space, not time possibly. Steve. Well, then there's also portals. That you well, you're actually through. holding it still, and the Earth continues to rotate, so it looks <laughs> like it's flying, but it, it can only go east-west. Ah, that makes sense. They cut. They cut that. They yeah, that was removed, and north and south were also added. You've had your elbow on your desk chair so much that it's worn a hole. Oh shit! I, in I, your I frayed shirt. my shirt. <laughs> no, <laughs> this uh. is terrible. It's actually, now you've I, just got one of those little Renaissance like. No, I'm actually hulking out in extreme slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> singularity guy is. Uh, yeah, he's actually you at the moment. He's, he saw it happen once, and I killed him. But then he's rewound and is now. He's he's just aging your shirt <laughs> <Yes>. extremely <laughs> like like just like one percent faster than your own self. Yes, mm. that's happening. It, it's, People yeah. at home love this story. It's pretty good. Pretty good story. 
Uh, so you're saying you're playing some kind of video game? Yeah, you know, um, I don't know. It's weird. It starts out like the beginning of that game is the most overt sort of Bioshock homage just imaginable. Like it's really, really, you really crash in a plane. Um, yeah, you will like a helicopter actually. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's not even so much that it's more just the, the overall tone of the whole thing and the, the way everything looks and the lighting and the, just like the, and like uh, the rapture, the, yeah. well, it's on the an underwater city and the, um, you know, you find all the audio logs. I mean, it's, it's so, so, so reminiscent of Bioshock. Uh, shockingly so, but that doesn't, it changes a lot over the bio shockingly. So Jake is, Jake is now sticking his arm through a hole in his sleeve, <laughs> through his elbow hole. <laughs> it looks like a hobo now. What? Are you schizophrenic and living on the street? Yeah. Jake? Uh, Ronald Reagan kicked me out of a mental institution in the eighties. <laughs> that's too bad. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, singularity. That's too bad. Uh, so does that mean that it's good at well, that part? I, yeah, I mean, basically, it's 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 pretty good. It's it's not it's not Bioshock, you know. I mean, that's yeah. the problem when you make your thing that reminiscent of another thing. Is if you're not as good as that thing, it's pretty apparent. Or if you're not that thing, because I mean, like at some point, you can be just as good as the thing, but the people playing it already played the thing, right? You know, or, or whatever. Yeah. Watch Which, that I mean, movie yeah. or whatever this comparison you want to make. Starts right? to be pretty different, but in ways that often are not very flattering to it, you yeah. know, because they have all these systems and they, you have things that you can upgrade and you have things that you can, you, you get new time related, like ostensibly time. How many plasmids powers. are in this game? There, like there's, you know, six, uh, quite a half a dozen, maybe equivalent things to plasmids, which are just different powers you can use. But the problem is they're all so specifically used. Like it's here in this particular instance, there's this one thing you need to do to like slow down a fan and then you walk through it and you do this. You know, it's all very prescribed. Yeah. Which kind of makes the, that, that like seemed, to me that, when that you seemed, have a bunch of powers. Yeah, like I didn't I only played a little bit of singularity. I played yeah. it at work um a little bit and uh yeah I, I didn't understand well I should say I feel like I, I understood where that design decision came from, but I didn't really I think I got the rationale behind it, but I didn't really get why it would be done that way in practice where it's like, you know, they, they had, like you said, sort of these six different things that your time hand could do. They could like freeze things in air. They could age things. They could unage things. They could like uh, move things, move physics objects. Yeah, around, move, and, yeah. And like you can pulse I, emit this stun thing. Yeah. And, and but the way they, they make it work is like. It's just sort of based on what you are using it on, it does a different thing. Right. It's very right? context sensitive. Yeah. And so it's like I, my, my assumption is they were like, well, we don't want to have people need to like toggle through all these different powers because some won't be as effective on some things as other things. So we'll just make it so each object has one effect that goes along with it, you know? Um, well, the problem, I mean. And, and I don't know if it was also like a production level thing where it was like we don't want to have to make every single thing react to every single power exactly, you know right. you know like oh it we don't want to have to make an age expensive. an yeah. aging version of all of of the every enemies single object or whatever because yeah, right, then right. like especially i would assume it would just make it a nuke for some things where it's like well i'll age this enemy okay well i killed him instantly because you know he, he turned old. into a, he turned into a skeleton you know or, or whatever but in practice yeah it was really weird because it was like all right memorize what your one power does to all of the different exactly. random things in the world or don't memorize it and just spam it and see what happens you yeah. know and it's like 
it well, did it just not gets seem into very the case where you, it's to just me, you know? no, it's not. It's just entirely you just react to these specific things. And you're like, oh, here's item or enemy A. I use power X for that. You know, I use this for that. Yeah, this is the most efficient thing for that. And then most of the actual interactions with the world, um, it's all just scripted this to yeah. happen this way like there's it's, not it's just a different version of just like press the a button when you go right up to exactly it. so that was too bad although i do have to say i really uh, some people i guess didn't like the ending i won't spoil it but if you do play through this game i really liked how they handled the ending they, there's a branching you know multiple ending thing you do mm -hmm. and it's I, I like the way they, they implemented it that, that actually takes advantage of the fact that the story is set in this weird like double time you know set, simultaneously set in 1950 and 2000x whatever fucking present day 20xx 20xx yeah. and uh, you go back and forth between them and i like the way 20xdx cap that i don't know what that means it's xx mega man yeah 20xdx yeah that's, that's also i think bomberman is that also yeah. that's the year that mega man takes place in is 20xdx maybe i'm thinking of bomberman i don't know i, I think it's mega man too huh mega man also i'm sure a million people who actually played all I thought these mega games man 2 will was, write was in actually like yeah, either 19XX or 20XX. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but... Well, 20XDX is what I mean like, when I like say 20XX. It's like 80, 90, XD. Like XDX is like XX. Don't worry about it, Steve. Oh, you know, oh, like, how oh, like, like, like the eight, TY. But, yeah, yes. okay, yeah. sorry. Oh, no. I, I thought you were saying the letter 20 D. 20XDX. Oh, no. XDX. Okay. Yeah, it's right. really far in the future. It's Mega Man XD. <laughs> yeah. I was confused and scared. Yeah. Um, 200th century. So singularity, would you would you give it like the exploding head or just the head that's kind of smiling or like the straight face? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea what I'd give it. What about sound? Is the guy's head exploding about sound? The sound is really good, actually. Okay. Yeah. No, Raven always does a really good job with sound, and they did it. In Fun factor game. head. Fun fact. I don't fuck. What's, not, that, what's, that, what's that head doing for the fun factor? On. Does anyone else have anything else to talk about? <laughs> We could read some reader mail. Yeah, we didn't I get love very much. the readers. I don't have very much. Well, mail. I don't love. I don't. Lo I do love the readers. Steve, Steve. I do. <laughs> Steve is, is our just, resident you asshole. You didn't seem. You didn't seem to want me to love them by your reaction. Well, the people what? love you to hate them. Yeah, you're the villain of the cast. I am not. Everybody thinks I'm cool, and likes me. All right, <laughs> everyone's and your friend. And thinks I'm nice. <laughs> Stop it, everybody. They all want to play with you. <laughs> Jared Garst writes, what if you could talk to the monsters? You mentioned games where themes and action clash, giving examples like Spore is about design, not evolution, and Dr. Mario isn't a medical simulator. But you neglected to mention... <laughs> but you neglected Was to that really an example systems. anyone ever used? I don't remember. <laughs> I like that it would be. We probably talked about that. Uh, the wor dialogue systems, the worst representation of dialogue imaginable. Uh, Bioware-style conversations are compelling for some reasons, but do not behave or feel like human interaction. Could Bioware do better? Are there examples of better mechanics? Is this goal possible short of just parsing text um also all party members in dragon age are nesting finches based on their obsession with necklaces and gems that's true i don't know what do you guys think dialogue systems dialogue systems yeah didn't we talk about those last week <laughs> were you listening to the email <laughs> no <laughs> this is why everyone is your this is why you're everyone's this favorite why everyone's friends with steve i apologize what, what was the what was the the, the thrust of the question Sorry, sometimes Just these things go on for a long time. This was not even long. I know. Jake is fixing his shirt. <laughs> yes. Jake, Jake shirt is, I don't know if you're fixing it. I no, I'm not. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, he's saying dialogue systems are a very poor representation of dialogue, of, of conversation. actual conversation. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is also something that has hardly changed at all in many, many, many years. Yeah. I, I, I think it's because 
Yeah, I don't think bio, I don't think the Bioware dialogues are closer to human conversation. They're closer to filmic portrayals of conversation. That's true. Yeah, and a lot of that ways. does tend to be. It seems the kind of broad. But I mean, every action in every systems. popular game is closer to a filmic representation of that action, like flipping three times and shooting a dude while like then doing a scissor kick to his neck and flipping him into a wall is not how a person actually fights a person. What? But it's how a sweet movie ninja dispatches a person. Right. You know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that I think that dialogue systems have not advanced a whole lot because there it's isn't impossible. like a clear way forward. You know, yeah. like many people have tried have like devoted huge amounts of effort to trying to solve that. Like Chris Crawford, yeah, like and Chris Crawford. guys, yeah. Well, Chris just... Crawford is now like a husk of a man. It's horrible. Have you, I mean, have you seen interviews with him like in the last couple of years? No. Where he's just like, yeah, pretty much my entire life savings and everything in my life has been dedicated to conversatron or whatever yeah storytron or well, whatever story-tron, it's called yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, he was like yeah if this doesn't work I- i'm pretty much screwed and it's he's probably screwed if that's the case yeah um i feel bad for that guy because it's such a weird yeah that thing definitely seems like you know one of those weird evolutionary dead ends you know right. so it's sort of like it's, it's kind of an impressive off... piece of tech but it's yeah it's not going to yeah. bear a lot of fruit yeah because it's just i don't know anything about that thing it's it's a dynamic story generator that that assembles uh narratives based on all kinds of variables and things you can uh input combined with like procedural systems it's a crazy weird thing yeah uh, but like the output is not especially parsable yeah it's not going to be a, a thing that you could like integrate into yeah. another thing very well bold <laughs> yeah yeah i mean what are you doing over there? I'm trying to keep my shirt from exploding. <laughs> All I've seen you do for like the last five minutes is just kind of ineffectually like fold it back and forth. No, I don't make it work. What... I'll make this work. I believe in you, Jake. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, I, you know, because I, so I, I guess it, it seems like, yeah, people have not looked at, at conversation as being a core mechanic. And so it's sort of like, well, the dialogue trees that we've always done are good enough for what we need them to do. So we'll continue to try and write good dialogue in a dialogue tree that you just kind of mine the content out of. And that, that's what I mean. Sorry, that, that's that's why I was referring to what we talked about last week, where it feels like <clears throat> since it's all we've got, people could try to make to, to infuse more play into it, where it's sort of like, Instead of the stuff that you say just kind of being deterministic and you either ask somebody about a topic and get information or not, or you, you know, you get to a branch and you decide, am I going to be an asshole to this person or be nice to them at this branch? And you get some, you know, nice or mean points for it and then continue on with your life. Like, it seems like in a dialogue system, and I'm sure that this happens, my my guess, I don't follow text adventures at all, really, but my guess is this has happened way more in text adventures than games that have higher production values but just the idea that like you can actually express intent like more long-term intent through conversation where it's like i want to manipulate this guy into thinking that i'm his friend so that he'll give me this information that i need so i can give it to this other guy you know and and like you don't see that hardly ever but using the current dialogue system that we have you know like just branching dialogue trees it seems like that kind of thing would be something you could accomplish if you made it your goal, and that would right. be at least one step. It's also further just, along the dialogue, you know, like systems. I mean, that's that we have. something that I, I, they they didn't really fully achieve, but I liked that Alpha Protocol was trying to sort of 
nudge in that direction a bit. Like I, I like what that game was sort of trying to do. Yeah. The fact, I, I, the fact that dialogue is either is auditory and cerebral instead of spatial also makes it fucking hard. Exactly. Yeah. We I have mean, no like editing tools. Like like for that. like like this guy said in the email. There's text parsers. You can type stuff in, but it's not. You can't have like a reticule that is pointing somewhere in 3D space, and then you press something, and then it affects change. You know, right. there's no. Right, but but I mean, how, how do you input in what you want your your character to say in any way that's meaningful, other than navigate this maze? Uh, no matter how finely grained, yeah. you're still navigating a maze that a designer's put and, out and for that's you. What, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's what we've got. Right. Yeah. But but people haven't even really fully exploited the potentialities of that form. You know, like I mean, like I said, probably in some cases they have, and they're less. You know, they're they're, they're lesser known examples. But like in games that I play. Just like a, a AAA RPG, you know, you don't really like you don't. For, for instance, you don't get a mission from somebody that's like gain this guy's trust so that you can exploit him and then come back to me, you know, because like that sets up theoretically an interesting internal conflict where it's like, all right, it, it's it's kind of like um, I was listening to an interview uh, with this guy that um, he was on a strike force to recover stolen uh, works of art. You know, like uh, like famous works of art, like that have been stolen from museums by you know yeah. Renoir or, or whatever. And so his whole job Renoir was, stole Renoir works stole from museums. No, <laughs> an artwork by a, a well-known artist that was like a national treasure they were trying to get back. Right. So I we both leapt on that. We're like, oh, Union Grammar, you talked in the wrong words. And and so you know, his job would be to find Renoir, the 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 art thieves, or you know the the guys that were brokering it, and and just like gain their trust for months you know so that they would like let yeah. him in on this deal and his his cover was that he was like an appraiser you know that would tell them that it was genuine or not and so you know he he would go through all this time just like hanging out with these guys and getting to know them and basically becoming their friends and then for the sake of justice he would have to betray them you know and be like all right SWAT team come in and get him now kind of thing and and you know like at the end of his assignment these people would be like oh my god and you know like they would feel like this guy who was their yeah. friend had just you know really like hurt yeah. them emotionally you know and so anyway it feels like that kind of thing could happen in dialogue systems we have now where over a longer period of time it's like all right I've decided I'm going to say stuff to this guy to make him trust me so he'll give me this you know thing that I need and maybe over the course of that you start to get to know that character, quote unquote, and start to feel like I think maybe that, I don't actually want to turn him in at the end. Because I think I you, you'd like need you'd need thing. some really good AI and or a, a, a really nice, very big script to have that last any longer than like one side quest worth of content. I feel like because otherwise it would instead of being good or evil, it'd be like oh well this is this dialogue is going to betray trust points and this dialogue is going to earn trust points. You know, I mean, you, you'd see that spreadsheet pretty quick unless you, unless you... Yeah, but I mean, that's not the point. Okay. Right. I, I have a hard time having an emotional attachment to a spreadsheet. Once, well, I, mean, once I sort of understand the systems of that stuff, it pisses me off. Well, I mean, like, under the hood, it's it's a concretization of what happens in real life, right? Like, I mean, you, yeah. you can't do anything that doesn't have some kind of metric associated with it right i mean it's i agree sorry I, I i will just not say what i was saying because when you said a mission where you have to go earn someone's trust so that you can then obtain information or an item from them that made me want to play whatever that game is that would tell me to do that so i'll shut up michael my, my, yeah no i mean how what would be the i mean would there be a fail state for this or would it just be you you know either you the guy trusts you or he doesn't and then the game keeps going 
Well, I mean, the yeah, my my assumption, my assumption in this theoretical situation would be, yeah, there would be a break point at the end where it's like, okay, I have now gotten in this dude. Well, what do you trust mean at me. the end? No, I'm saying, what if you don't succeed before the end happens? Uh, and he says, "Fuck you, like, Narc," and walks away. It or, or do you just keep going, and then you've just fucked it up, and now that avenue is closed to you? Well, I mean, it's probably not you fucked it up. It's like, yeah, you've decided oh, you to failed to no. But I mean, you, you, what if you don't succeed? Well, yeah, one one would assume that success would not be a requirement for progressing forward in the game, right? You know? So, 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 so you it would be just, like, yeah, you you could either it could just end early well, you, because then, you yeah. Don't, well, I mean, if you, you don't succeed, you put on the bandana and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tie it behind your head. No, I, I mean, yeah, one one would assume that you know the guy who asked you to do this thing, you could not complete the mission for him, and that's a decision that you're making and get on with your life with whatever was happening else was happening in the game. I don't know. It it it, it feels like you could we could do stuff with dialogue trees now where you can read multiple moves ahead like in a chess game and do things intentionally along that path and maybe have to re-evaluate what your plan was before you get to the the point that you were kind of angling for early yeah. on I, I with, with just branching dialogue that we have not like trying to go deep into well we need like really advanced language interpretation or granularity of we're going to generate new dialogue options on the fly or whatever. I, I feel like that kind of thing actually used to be something that like Western RPGs attempted to do more often was create these simulation like environments yeah. um, where, where that like those kind of motivations and system exists existed. I, I think the way that you would do that if it was a side quest would be, you'd have something of some kind of like day night cycle um, or maybe not day-night cycle in the sense of like the kind of 24-hour thing that we think of, but I, I mean in terms of like days that actually pass, yeah. you know, and there yeah. are like events that you're surrounded by this scripted system, but then within that, you know, you succeed yeah. or fail to, to, to greater or lesser extent. Yeah. You, you can, you can the... talk to a guy for kind of progress this far through yeah. what you can talk to him about today, and then right. he goes home, and then you the next day you can continue and sort of, right, right. yeah, something like that, sure. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. So, so something that would actually be interesting for me is if readers are listening and they think of examples, maybe in the you know text adventure space that yeah, there's, be there's stuff like yeah. like this going on. Just write to questions.idlethumbs.net if there's anything we should check out. It seems like a, a quest or type of thing that someone's tried to do somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure people have tried it. Yeah, I mean in in a text adventure where it's just words and a lot of people that's talking to each focus, other, it seems yeah. like you could do a lot with that, and somebody probably has. For Thanks, sure. reader. Totally. Next email. I like your emails. Um, we Jake. don't have very much email here. Uh, oh, uh, someone... there's no more email. <laughs> the... We have some other really other long one. ones. Um, here, uh, try to distill the essence. I will of one try. For us. Dominic Harmon wrote podcast opinions versus reviews. Hey guys, the other day someone on Twitter questioned if people take more from opinions voiced on podcasts than they do from reviews. Thinking about this, two games quickly came to mind: Metro Twenty Thirty Three and, of course, Far Cry Two. There are two games uh, I didn't really have interest Far in before Christ. I heard you talk about them on the podcast. In fact, after I picked up a copy of Metro 2033, I realized I hadn't even read any reviews of it. After enjoying it for a while, I went online to check out um, various uh, reactions, none of which would have actually made me go buy the game. So thanks for the recommendations, but 
to get a point out of this, uh, let's see. Uh, what do you think about this and the and any problems with written, written reviews? Am I an idiot for ignoring in-depth written reviews of games? Looking at the games I've gotten this year, none of them have been based on a written review. This is sad to me mostly because the only way I found out about this and rushed out to buy Beyond Good and Evil day one was a non-headline review, probably on IGN of all places. Thanks, Dominic Melbourne, Australia. I think yeah, that it's not... I, uh, I mean, I don't think it's podcast versus written reviews, but it's sort of standard game review itemized breakdown versus... Versus, versus yeah writing yeah. that tells you what the game is actually like to play i agree or like totally telling stories of things that happen to you in the game or the feelings that the game like, evokes yeah evokes and if it. you can relate it to something in the real world instead of just treating the game as its own vacuum right if you just list an itemized list of the mechanics in the game and then say also the graphics yeah. are, are beautiful yeah, that's the worst yeah. it's not it tells you nothing yeah about about the like the actual value of the experience and i yeah. think it's any version of of like word of mouth essentially like even if it's writing that just kind of takes the form of right. here's what here's, yeah here's the experience i had with this game and right, why I this is why this cool. game is sweet and i think yeah. podcasts at least podcasts that aren't review focused probably end up having a higher percentage of that just because no matter what a podcast no matter what format a podcast takes it's a discussion it's a bunch of people just talking yeah. Yeah, talking about yeah. games and so once you and there's an interesting phenomenon where um, I think actually Karen Gillan has talked about this, especially with the new games journalism. The new, no, um, the you know I, I think that that well, kind yes, of experiential also. review writing is has been more common in UK press certainly. I mean, you you know Eurogamer has its fair share of kind of uh, traditional game reviews, but it also you're more likely on that site to find a review that actually talks about the experience of the game and some interesting observation about it and, and a story from within it. Like yeah. you're never, you're probably never going to see that on an equally major uh, North American game site. And uh, Karen Gillan pointed this out at one point and said, you know, then the U S press realized like they can get on a podcast and talk about that and people will still actually listen to it and enjoy it, even though it has nothing to do with the format of review that we've for some reason been grown up to, think is the right way to do it right and so you have this weird situation where people the, seem to be kind in of denial. like high school book report version yeah exactly of a like video game there, there's this weird strange double standard where it's like when you write something in text you're still expected to do it in this really stupid way even though it's quite clear that people actually enjoy when you get there and just talk about what the game is actually like right um i don't really understand why well i i think the the stupidest part about that is that i i suspect that even people like people listen to game podcasts, but if those same people went back to their magazine and wrote a review in the style of that podcast, they'd have a bunch of complete idiots writing and be like, "Where's where? What is this?" Yeah, right. uh, no, that's probably true. Yeah, which is depressing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I remember uh, you know, Computer Gaming World, who which is like which in its day had one of the most respected, hilarious, awesome game podcasts around. They tried to do the no scored reviews thing, and it was just that's right when they changed to Games for Windows magazine. Yeah, it was right, right before that, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, yeah, I mean, do you think that not having crap a, all over it? Where are my scores? A, well, I mean, do you think that that person. style of of review is necessarily antithetical to having a score attached to it? No, I don't. But I think that the way people think about scores in the context of games has, has become very technical. Yeah. You know, you can have really interesting film reviews that are starred, but yeah. don't suffer from that problem. Yeah. Because the star is nothing more than, overall, this is about where I'd put this relative to other things. It's right. not based on all these technical factors and all yeah. of this, like, competence in different areas. Yeah, which, which just, is what I would love to see. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the granularity of game reviews needs to be reduced, you know? Like, I want to see five-star or well, ABCD, I mean, F reviews. There are reviews. certainly sites with that. I know, but I mean, like, it's not the standard. You know, Metacritic is still, you know, 100 points. X point Y. Yeah, Metacritic yeah. will turn your stars um, into a 
two digit number. Yeah, now. whereas, you know, where it is just like, yeah, here here's my experience with this game and why I it resonated with me or not and why I think you might find it interesting. And that's kind of a four star game for me. Yeah. Uh so have at it is like way more useful to me than yeah, going down the bullet list and then saying it's an eight point five, you know. Yeah. I agree. There's also an interesting um I don't know, someone on the um the site cast medium. Do you get, it's a, I've seen they that. post about podcasts. They post mm. about our I've podcasts. I've seen that one. Yeah. And there was someone, um, this guy's going to feel embarrassed that I'm calling him out, but there's this guy um, who who commented in uh, last week's thread about our, our episode from that week about my Assassin's Creed 2 uh, comments. And, you know, he seemed, he is, is your Assassin's Creed, my Assassin's Creed. He commented, and he, you know, he was saying, you know, I don't, Chris doesn't seem to know what his opinion of this game even is. And like, what is, you know, what, what is he trying to even say about this? And I, and it was interesting. It was an interesting comment. And I actually replied to the guy because it did make me think about what I'd said about that game. And I, my conclusion was I, I, I'm at this point outside of games that really just, I just adore and really just want to, to champion and promote. I've kind of lost all interest. I don't even know if I ever had much interest in it, but I've lost complete interest in trying to actually like, judge games on a on a quality level like what i was never even thinking about very much sort of my total opinion of assassin's creed 2 when i was talking about it it was entirely just these are some things that happened to me in the game and this is like my memory of playing that game and this is what i thought about these particular things and it i i it was interesting to me that someone tried to distill that into like a you know judgment like a sort of complete judgment on the game or at least even vague judgment on the game because i don't really have one like i still don't really know you're saying it's a rental a great game or a good game or a bad game or what um yeah yeah my like yeah i think it's i I feel kind of the same way like they're either games that i really connect with and i care about and i want to talk about why they what why i connect with them that way or they just don't strike a chord with me and i'm like it's a game Or, or maybe it seemed really bad you know, but like <laughs> yeah. but at the far but, end of the scale. Yeah, yeah. but like it, it's either like there, there's sort of this this tipping point of like, OK, I really got into this and I got why it was interesting. And here's why I think that is you should check it out or just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't really dig it that much. It's just sort of a thing. You know, it's probably fine. You know, like, you know, there's, and it's sort of when you get past that point of it mattering to you, there's kind of a question of why you even talk about it. Right. And the answer in a lot of sites is because you're job there is to review every game of course, so you have yeah. to do that yeah. but i mean yeah. i i have a lux the luxury that i've never worked for a review site so i've never really had to deal with that yeah and it makes so yeah i mean i wonder i wonder if that's sort of the 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 difference uh like when you were talking about Eurogamer or something yeah. how some reviews have a different tone about them maybe it's like the ones that really connected with the reviewer have more of a personal tone and then when it's sort of like this is a that, 7.0 no, I mean, that's certainly true it's even true for know. me you know like i was struggling to think of interesting things to say about singularity not because it's a terrible game like i i played all the way to the end of it so i i clearly enjoyed myself to some extent yeah um and there there are definitely good things about that game but you know it never it, it never really like connected with me in a way that that makes me like exuberant to discuss stories that happened in it or yeah. like interesting things because it just wasn't that kind of experience for me personally, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I guess that can be interpreted as our judgments. Like certainly the, the number of stories we told about Far Cry 2, you could probably graph that <laughs> like on a fucking so chart. So it's like a 7.8. And like Metacritic could, could like interpret that as some kind of score. Yeah. But yeah. As a goatee, as, as some a, sort of goatee. As goatee, yeah. But that was a goatee. It would break the scale, Far Cry 2. 
you'd have you'd have to you'd have to like i mean if Thanks you were saying it again if you did that on a if you did that on a bell curve you know what i mean like if you did the thing that they do in college where it's like the one that did the best that's 100 percent and then the number oh, of stories right. told yeah. in all the other games yeah like basically far cry 2 would get an a plus and all the all the other games would get a d right so <laughs> far cry would, 2 would they fuck would up resent. the scale for everyone else yeah yeah Progress would probably actually be cut for being an outlier, but that's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't participate in the curve. Anyway, that's probably all the mail. Of... Is that all the mail? Oh, we're gonna well, play. We're gonna play we, some voicemails from long, Five Five Wizard on know, now. <laughs> do you just cut out whenever uh, Jake does that? <laughs> no, I just don't do it. Uh, let's do it this time. Uh, it's not happening. Well, Five Five Wizard on. Let's just get the voicemails out there. All right, you can call it if you want. We probably won't listen to it, but you can call 55 well, I've, I've been listening to me. You don't check those anymore? Do you? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, so I'm going to call it 55. Five. Right now? Steve, yeah. don't do that. Uh, don't, it's not... No one's gonna... Zard... On. What happens? I've stolen uh, your phone. Yeah. Anyway. What are we actually going to do now? We're going to end this podcast... And before we end it... <laughs> Wait, what, did, that, did that have a clever meaning, Jake? It has a bit of a meaning. Did it have a double meaning? Uh, this might be uh, the second or possibly third last, to last episode of the Idle Thumbs podcast um, because I have um, accepted a job on the other side of the country and will be moving from San Francisco in a few weeks. And by so, wheel, uh, he means me and Jake as well. We're all gone! <laughs> We're doing <laughs> the podcast yeah. together! No, oh, no, no. no. Steve, and I, Steve and I are going to no. stay here. Chris is moving and we're staying here. Yeah. And um, uh, Chris is, in fact, taking all of the microphones and mixing board with him. Right. Well, if you guys wanted to keep doing a podcast, I'd be happy to it, leave you with some mics. I don't want this shit. You don't <laughs> want to say that in front of the readers. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the podcast is going to effectively end in a couple of weeks, unfortunately. And then Steve and I are going to announce one, and then Steve's oh. going to get a job. Are we uh, just going to keep making that joke? In Florida. <laughs> I'm never going back to Florida. Oh, yeah. But you should, anyway. though, just so we can crush people's hopes a third time. <laughs> uh, I've already got a job. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Making video games. Living yeah. the dream. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, I mean, can you even say that? You're going. You're, you're, I can't I mean, say where I'm going. Yep, I mean you're going to be working in. I'll be working at a game in company. the industry yes, at, a, at a studio. I can say that. So we yes. can say congrats, Chris. Fuck Chris, and it's okay. Feel free. Okay. Congrats, Chris. Fuck Chris. Good work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so welcome to the video games industry. Thanks. In a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so that, so we'll have one or two more episodes of the Idle Thumbs podcast, and then we'll have the uh, we'll have Idle Thumbs fifty one at, at uh, PAX. PAX. The, the, the final Brecken. for real she bang and that will be the yeah, probably the last idle thumbs podcast content unless we unless we do another unless uh, we do gdc episodes or something yeah retirement to come back from retirement for a con <laughs> <laughs> a reunion tour yeah uh, when everybody's back in town for gdc right we'll where we, we will in fact tour a a hotel room yes <laughs> yeah one tour stop one stop tour one stop tour one tour stop tour i guess one tour for the stop Anyway, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Idle thumbs. Video games. We we, we talk about an animated color cycling animation of uh, an eyeball. Of of ants spewing out of a dog (laughs) and man's eyeball sockets. I don't know how you could do it with color cycling, but I bet you could. There are wizards that. You could, you could do it the way that like Wizards the, of the coast, like um, signs that are just made up of little light bulbs, right? Or for the ants, just like <laughs> awful. I hate it.
I, I love it. I do too. That's the, that's what I want the Photoshop poster for this episode to be is <laughs> to be an animated the, the victory Photoshop screen of poster. Sim Anthony just with ants pouring out of their <laughs> of like eyes and mouth. <laughs> oh, be the image. That's the third step. You take over the yard, then you take over the house, then you take over the inside of the yeah. human living in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Then you we took our system from life and uh, modeled it with some ants. N O M in exchange for Vietnam just amused me horribly. Like, if someone posts an old meme, it could be a Nam flashback. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> that was the worst thing that's ever been said inside my apartment. I know. Put that up and it's official now. Ruin my it's life. real forever. <laughs> Sorry. Episode eleven. Nam flashback. <laughs> Uh, oh, we Ooh, could we could put a little could, that could happen. We could put a little lolcat as the picture and have the description <laughs> say all your base oh, are belong to this God. episode of Idle Thumbs <laughs> of the Idle Thumbs podcast of this Idle Thumbs podcast of Te Idle Thumbs podcast. <laughs> oh Jesus! Do you guys remember Jeff K? Remember how that guy was on the internet? Oh, oh my God! He said Te all the time. He would say Zor. That's true. He did say Zor. It's <laughs> so classic. Jake just almost snorted up some tea because of Zor. Because <laughs> of Zor. Uh, classic Zor. Steve, you used to say Zor a lot more than you do now. Did I? Yeah. Do I now? You don't say I don't. I haven't seen you say Zor in like a year or two. I guess it's a sign of the times. Yeah, you're getting with it. <laughs> I guess I guess Zor is just finally played out. <laughs> Stephen gained Zor. More like Stephen Gay Zor. Oh, I was thinking about calling this episode Diplomatic Pouch, by the way. I hope that's okay. That's fine with me. <laughs> that phrase cracks me up for no good reason. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's just such a stupid sounding thing. It's, it's really funny. Yeah, it just sounds like Mad Libs. It yeah. just sounds... Diplomatic yeah. Pouch. A Diplomatic Pouch. Oh, oh like those words don't go together. Don't fit at all. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you've been up. watching The Which X-Files. 